Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to lean in and we're going to help you lean in to a season of seeking that we do corporately together as a church, a season of leaning in to what God wants to do in our lives. And sometimes in order for that to take place, we need to silence some of the other things that are going on around us. How many of you know there's lots of voices competing for your attention? It may be your TV, it may be your cell phone, it may be the people that surround you in life, it may be your physical body and your flesh screaming for attention, but there's lots of voices trying to clamor for your attention in life. And the reason we begin our year with this season of fasting and praying is to silence some of those voices so that we can more clearly hear what God is wanting to speak to us. It's a season of leaning in and seeking Him. And I don't know anybody who's ever been around fasting um, that has said, man, that's like my favorite thing to do in life. Okay? To be really clear, fasting is setting aside things, listen to me, that you like and enjoy. I want to be clear about this. Fasting is setting aside some things in our life that gets our attention, that gets our time to focus our hearts on something maybe that we don't even know that we need, but God knows that we need in us. And it's a season of setting aside those things to seek Him, listen, more intentionally with our lives. And this is not, uh, fasting and prayer is not a respecter of age or experience or maturity in your faith. Fasting, and we're going to present it to you today, is simply a principle of being a follower of Jesus. And so we want to invite you to really lean in as we talk about what that looks like for us in our lives and how we set our hearts on a course of seeking God, listen, at a different pace or level than maybe that you would in other times and seasons of your year. We start our year with it because we believe that God deserves the first and the best of our lives. And we believe that God deserves the first and best of this year from us as a church family. And so we begin with prayer and fasting. And so I want to I wanna just share with you a couple uh, stories just about my, my life and experience in this. Jason's going to share a few. And then we're going to dive into Scripture here and look at what Jesus teaches us about this place of prayer and fasting. But I just want you to know, for me personally, prayer and fasting was something that was my, I was exposed to as a teenager right here in this church. And there was lots of different things that we would do over the years in engaging with prayer and fasting. And prayer and fasting is not something that you just do at the beginning of the year because it's trendy and cool. We pray and we fast to seek Him, to get to know Him better. And I can tell you through personal experience in my life, some of the largest seasons of growth, in other words, the intimacy of my relationship with Jesus... Uh, areas of my life that I, hurdles that I needed to get over. Maybe it was pride. Maybe it was whatever it is in my, in my life. God used seasons of fasting and prayer to propel me forward in my relationship with him. I actually remember about 10 years ago, we as a church family engaged in this season of fasting and prayer. And at that time, I was working as a paramedic for 80 County Paramedics. And how many of you know fasting and and 
prayer, more specifically fasting, tends to pull on your body physically. Anybody ever been in that place, right? When we start saying no to some food and things like that in our life, our body begins to experience some things that it is not used to. And as a paramedic, that's a fairly physical job when it comes to moving patients around and staying up all hours of the night and just all those types of things. And I remember when you're being in the middle of our 21 days of fasting and prayer, and I remember being on duty, and it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. We just got done running a call. I remember leaving the hospital. I remember sitting in the ambulance going, man, I got nothing left. I mean, I was exhausted Physically, my body was screaming and just like, and I just wanted to give up. I just wanted to be done. Anybody ever felt that in the middle of fasting? A few of you are like, I'm not doing any of that. What is wrong with you? (laughs) And I remember sitting there in the ambulance, and my partner was not a believer, but knew that I was in a season of fasting and prayer. And I remember sitting there going, man, God, I just, I'm done. Like I got nothing left in the tank. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, this is exactly why you fast and you pray because you come to an end of you and that's where you begin to find me. And man, I sat in that ambulance, tears pouring down my face, and I was just reminded that I had such a shallow level of experience with God because I was still trying to rely on my own strength to get through fasting and prayer. Can I just tell you, that's the dumbest thing you'll ever do. Just give up at the beginning. Can I just give you some advice? Give up at the beginning and let the Spirit of God do some things in you that He wants to do in growing you in your relationship with Him, in getting you over some of the hurdles that are in your life so that you can experience a more fullness. And I loved what Lydia was really praying over us this morning, a completeness that we have in Christ. Way too many of us are trying to find our completeness in our own ability. And what we really need to do is learn how to lean into the strength that comes through relationship with Christ. And fasting and prayer is one of the best tools for that. Yeah. Uh, I, I very similarly grew up fasting, um, but at a young age, you, you'd kind of do it, and you're like, this is why are we not eating? You know, like, I don't get it. And I remember my, my parents, my mom specifically, during fasting would like get us set for dinner and then she would like go and it was like where'd mom go you know like she would go and pray and read her bible you know and everything so from a young age I was introduced to this um but it it took a bit for me to fully understand what the reality of it was um because if you're if you've never fasted before and if you've never done this side of spiritual life before it can look a little funky and it can look a little religious because it's like, oh, we're just, we're denying ourselves, you know, all getting rid of all this, and we're just doing it. And, and one of the things that I, I found as I grew up was how much God was after relationship over religion, and how much he really was pursuing what happens in your heart during those times, much more than the stringency of a fast. It's when we set our hearts aside, and when we seek him. And I had a, a college professor at Portland Bible College named Ken Malman. And I'll never forget it. He stood in front of us. We were getting ready for one of these prayer and fasting seasons, and you got a bunch of, like, college students, and they're like, yeah, this is whatever. And, uh, and he stood there, and he goes, yeah, I, God's never spoken anything to me during fasting. And we're all like, well, then why are we doing this? You know, like, <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> but he, he went on to say that God always revealed something to him after fasting, 
So in the fasting was hard because he put things aside and he laid things aside and he denied food and, and some of these things that he enjoyed. But for him, and it's different for everybody, but for him, after he came out of a season of a fast, God always did a major download into his life. Spoke things that he'd never experienced before. He heard things that he'd never heard before. And it became this amazing thing. And the principle was, you follow what Jesus set up, and we're going to look at this, what Jesus instructed his followers to do with fasting you do that, and the promise is that he will meet you in that. Yeah. This isn't something we just do because we're Christians, and I guess at the beginning of the year we'll just fast because that's what you do. No, the promise is you put that stuff aside and seek him, and he will speak to you, whether it's during the fast or whether it's after the fast. The promise is he will speak to you. And I always like that. That stuck with me for a long time, you know? It's like, so I never went into a fast with any expectation. I always came out of a fast with a lot of expectation of what God was going to say. Well, and there's some of you that are probably sitting here this morning. Maybe this is new to you. Maybe you're sitting in this church environment going, what are they talking about? Like, do people really do this. And we want to take you into Scripture and let you see what Jesus invited his followers to so that you understand here as a faith community, and maybe you as an individual or as a family, you're beginning to think through this fasting thing going, well, we, we haven't really thought about this or prepared for this. I just want to take you into Scripture and show you the heart of Christ in this so that as we begin to think and plan, as you begin to look at these 21 days ahead of you, as you begin to look at, at what we're doing collectively as a church family, you can build your life on the Word of God. I don't want you building your life on my experience or on Jason's experience. I don't even want you building your life on some good ideas that other people have had. What we want you to build your life on is the example of Christ. Because when you build on him, here's what scripture tells us, he's the solid rock. So in other words, when we, when we build our lives upon Jesus and how he set an example for us, then we know that when the winds of this world and the waves of this world and the difficulties that will surround us, and they will be here in 2021, people. They didn't just stay in 20 They'll be here. Man, none of you are smiling this morning. Come on now. Just because we're talking about fasting. I know, I know. Here's the reality. So those storms are going to come this year. The question will not be if they'll come. The question will be, will you stand through them because you've built on the right thing? And maybe 2020 has been a realization for you. Man, my life is probably not built or anchored on Christ, maybe in the way that I was hoping that it was. And can I tell you, you don't have to continue to live your life that way. You can build a fresh and a new on the solid rock of Jesus. And so I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles with me this morning, if you would. Open up to Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to, to, to look at some things that Jesus speaks to us about what it means to be a follower of him. And, and I want to lay this out for you here real quick. The prayer and fasting are the key vehicles to the process of you, listen, becoming more like Christ. I'll say that one more time because a lot of you are ignoring me right now. Prayer and fasting are the vehicle by which we become more like Christ. And here's how that works. Prayer connects you to God. Everybody see this? Prayer connects you to God. Fasting disconnects you from the world and its influence on your life. I'm going to say that again because... Some of you need to, you need to have a why inside of you as to why you would even approach prayer and fasting. I'm going to give it to you right now. Because prayer will connect you to God, and fasting will disconnect you 
from the world. And here, here's, here's the reality of this. This is actually Jason's part, but I'm stealing it right now. So in our notes, this was him speaking. I'm going to say it right now. Fasting without prayer is a diet. I'm just trying to look every person in the face right now. Fasting without prayer is a diet. And if you want to diet, knock yourself out. It'll be good for your body. I promise you that. Okay? But if you want to grow closer to Christ, if you want more clarity on your future, if you want a healthier marriage, if you want your kids to experience some new things in God, if you personally need to uh, experience breakthrough in your life, then what you need to do is combine fasting and prayer, and you'll experience the greater nature of Christ being formed in you in your life. But if you just want to lose weight, feel free to just fast, okay? But what we're calling you to, and I want to be really clear about this, we as an eldership and a pastoral team are calling you into a season of seeking God together with the people that are around you in this faith community. We are calling you to set some things aside in your life, and it's going to look different for every one of us, and I want to be really clear with that. Do not set your expectations of fasting and prayer based on what the person next to you is doing. Not even your spouse. Hear me that. Set your expectations on what you're going to do in fasting and prayer because you make a decision to follow after Jesus and to experience. So Matthew chapter 16, Jason, I'm sorry for stealing that. I know you're, you, you really wanted to say that. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, is going to set the stage for some things that God wants to do in your life. And here's what it says. Then Jesus said to his disciples, and I just... I want to go out on a limb here and say Jesus is saying these same words to you today. Why? Because if you're a follower of Christ, then you are a disciple. I want to make that clear to you. If you are a follower of Jesus, then you are a disciple, and Jesus is speaking to you these words. If any of you want to be my followers, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Jesus making this declaration to disciples. Listen, if you want to be my follower, here's what Jesus, you got to give up your own way. What that means is you got to give up your comforts, the things that you want, the things that you desire, and you've got to learn how to take up your cross. What that means is the things of your life are going to be crucified to that, and you've got to come and follow me. And Jesus is saying, hey, come follow me where I'm going. Come follow me in what I'm doing. It's an invitation of Christ to come and be a Christ follower. And he goes on to say, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will actually save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Jesus is saying, listen, you want to come and follow me, and I want you to come and follow me. And Jesus is saying, if you want to do that, you've got to learn how to die to yourself. You've got to learn how to say no to you and yes to me. This is Jesus' invitation. This is the gospel that is not very popular in America today. We love the gospel that says, hey, come and Jesus is going to forgive you of all your sins, and you just get to do whatever you want. Can I tell you, that is not the entirety of the gospel. Jesus has forgiven you of your sins, something you can't do for yourself. And he invites you to come and to follow him in this journey of faith. And that journey of faith will look a whole lot like how Jesus lived his life. And to be a reminder for you, he gave up his life for you and me. 
And so as followers of Christ, he's inviting us into that place. Let's flip over with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. And Matthew chapter 6 is going to kind of set the tone for us today on what Jesus said our lives would look like when it comes to being not only a follower of him, but some of the things that we would do in following him. And here's what it says. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Jesus speaking, And when you fast... Don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, and so people will admire them and their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will receive. Jesus speaking here, and he used these words right at the beginning. I want to I want to set these into your hearts. Jesus said, and when you fast. Notice that the implication here is Jesus clearly assumes that his followers will do what? Only about six of you said that. The rest of you kept your lips very tightly sealed. Jesus had the assumption in this statement that followers of him would fast, would learn how to say no to themselves and yes to more of him. Notice that Jesus didn't say, hey, you're going to fast for three days every month. Jesus didn't say, and this was the timing of that. This is how it's going to look, and here's exactly what you're going to fast. Jesus left all of that up to you and I to discern in our relationship with him. Notice that. Jesus is giving us an invitation saying, hey, if you're going to follow me, then when you fast, the assumption being that as a follower of Christ, you will fast, that there's something extraordinary that's going to take place in your life and how long you fast for and what that looks like and all of those things is is going to come out of the outflow of your relationship with me is what Jesus is teaching us here. So as we look at fasting, as we look at the example that Jesus set for us, we even see that he set an example. We're looking at fasting not from this principle of, oh, man, I have to do this. If that is the way that you are approaching fasting, then I can tell you it will be miserable from beginning to end, all the way through in every way, shape, and form. But if you can learn to look at fasting as, man, I am partaking with Christ in knowing him more and experiencing a deeper depth of what he has for my life. He is preparing me for victories that I don't even know that are coming down the road of my life. He's preparing my life to be more connected with him and his word and the body of Christ in ways that I don't even know that I need yet. But if I'll follow his example, I will experience. If you can approach fasting from that perspective, I'm not telling you it's going to be fun. I'm just telling you it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Yeah, the, the interesting thing, and I like this about anything that has to do with our spiritual life, is there's always two sides to it. And this is what uh, Pastor Tim was kind of hitting on. There's always a denial of our flesh, the denial of, of our sin nature. That's a huge part of it. And the second part is that there is a beauty of deepening a relationship with God. There is an invitation to a deeper relationship, right? And the two work hand in hand. You can't have one without the other, but both are very, very important for us to understand that we are. We're giving things up. We're saying no to things, and what we're saying yes to is so much greater than what we're saying no to, right? Um, there's, a, there's a book called The Celebration of uh, Discipline by Richard Foster. It's a really cool book, and one of his chapters in there is on fasting. I just want to interject here. It is not a cool book. <laughs> it is a brutal book that will reveal so many wonderful things about your relationship with God. It is not cool. He just lied to you. I'm just telling you right now. 
Anyways, <laughs> if you like that sort of thing, <clears throat> hey guys, fasting without prayer is a diet. <laughs> so glad you got to say that. <laughs> Just want to throw that in there. <laughs> All right, this is a quote from, from that book, and I, I really like this. For the person longing for more intimate walk with God, the statements of Jesus, which were the, the statements from the verses we just read, are drawing words. They're invitational words. And what's really interesting, and we see this when Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness, he fasted for 40 days. How was he able to do that? It was very simple. Because in that time, what was solidified was the fact that what sustained Jesus was his relationship with God. It was nothing else other than that. And in fasting, a lot of times, that's what we are doing is we are saying with our spirit and with our life, the one who sustains us is Christ. It's not food. It's not other things that we run to. It's not entertainment. It's not any of that. The thing that sustains us is Christ. You could say it this way. Fasting is all about appetite. Fasting is all about your appetite. Because what happens is non-essentials, they can easily take precedence until we crave them and are actually enslaved to them. And our appetite becomes those things where even then we come to a season of fasting and it's like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. Why? Because our appetite for the things of the world has grown larger than the things of God. And that's not a slam. That's just the reality for us because, can, newsflash, <laughs> we live in the world. Yeah. And everything around us is vying for our attention. And let me just say this. From a marketing perspective, there's, some, there's, some, there's, a, there's a documentary on Netflix that you should not watch. It's about social media. But what it is is they, they build this addictive piece into it so that you get addicted and your appetite is fulfilled by false things, by social media, by entertainment. It's intentional. There are some very smart people that are building it that way to get your appetite locked on that. So suddenly when someone says, hey, we're going to fast for 21 days, you're not going to look at social media. You're not going to look whatever you decide to do. You go, well, wait a second. That's what I'm used to filling myself with. Yeah. And now you're saying just to get, get rid of that? Well, yeah, because what it's doing is it's allowing us to readjust our thinking and readjust our, where we get our, our sustenance from. First Peter is interesting. First Peter 1 has this really cool progression of things that really frames in why fasting is a response to what God has done. And I'm just going to paraphrase this. This is in verses 1 to 16. But in this, it talks about that because of the mercy shown in the salvation provided for us, this is in verse 3 and verse 9, the great, pure, and undefined, an undefined inheritance we have in Christ, that's verse 4, because of God's protection, verse 5, the wonderful joys ahead, verse 6 and 7, this is what it says, prepare yourself and practice self-control. Live as God's obedient children, out of verse 13, and don't fall back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desire. In other words, your appetite for the world. He's saying this, Peter's saying this, he's like, because of all these incredible things that God has done for you, don't slip back into an appetite for the things of the world, but... Rather, live in holiness of Christ, and this is the godly appetite, 
And what holiness actually means, get this, this is so cool. Holiness actually means set apart. So what first Peter is saying is he's saying, listen, don't slip back into the old ways of doing things, your old ways of thinking, being controlled by your worldly appetite and the desires and the things of this world. But I want you to have a godly appetite and I want you to be holy. I want you to be set apart. In fasting, what we're doing is we're saying, I am setting myself apart because I am a child of God. I am setting myself apart from the world, and I'm going to say no to the appetite that grows so fast, and I'm going to turn to an appetite of God. Yeah, you know, as Jason was talking there, there's just this reality, and I talked about it earlier, of the noise that we live in in life, just the constant noise that is going on in, in our ear, uh, not only just from a, a, a practical standpoint of just the world that we live in, the busyness of life and culture, but there's a noise, too, of constant just conversations that we're having in our head that we never have seasons of silence and quiet. Like, we have to be intentional about that space of our life. And that is, that is what fasting provides for us is a moment, a pause, a break. And again, you're going to have to choose what your fast is going to look like. For some of you, it may be as simple as you're just going to say, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to turn on the TV for 21 days. And some of you are like, yeah, what? Some of you are going to say, man, I'm going to lean into this, this, this food side of it. I'm going to fast a meal a day. And others of you are saying, I'm going to lean into a Daniel fast throughout the entire 21 days, or I'm going to lean into a liquid fast. There's just some things that, that need to be purged from our life. And, and what fasting does, and Jason just did such a great job, it opens our eyes to the things that we're actually allowing to sustain us in life rather than Christ himself. It strips away all of the props of our life, and then we are very intentional about going, wow, I did not realize how much time I waste on my phone. Wow, I did not realize how much time I waste watching TV. I did not realize how much time I waste, and you could fill in the blank with whatever you want. But when we replace the time that we would normally spend doing those things in time of seeking, and, and this is actually the, the terminology here, when we, when we move our hearts into a place of feasting on Him, all of a sudden we're like, whoa, this feels different. And the answer to that statement is absolutely, and it should. It should, it should awaken us to the realities of what we're allowing to sustain us in life rather than our relationship with Christ. Yeah. Uh, Back to Richard Foster. I like this because this quote too, a lot of times fasting is, is stepping away from food. It's stepping away from something. And so you're hungry, right? Like if you're doing a food fast, you're, you're hungry. But I really like what he says here. He says, therefore, in experiences of fasting, we are not so much abstaining from food as we are feasting on the word of God. Come on. I love this. Fasting is feasting. If we can adjust our thought process going into the next 21 days, then I'm not just saying I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that and I'm going to see how long I can go without eating any food, right? But rather saying for the next 21 days, I get to feast on God. Yeah, yeah. I get to focus my heart on God. And I'm going to cut some things out so that I'm actually able to do that. And when we get this, we understand that any time we enter into a fast, it's a deeper opportunity for us to feast in the presence of God. And it's just a, it's a powerful thing. Uh, 
one of these, these quotes, Charles Spurgeon was writing about fasting. And we'll just kind of end with this as we, as we kind of jump into the conclusion here. But he talked about this in one of his, his commentaries, talking about fasting and coming to the, the, the tabernacle together for fasting. And I want just to, to read this kind of as a declaration over us so that we go into these 21 days with this in our heart and our mind. He says this, our seasons of fasting and prayer at the tabernacle, and, and just you can say fasting and prayer, he's talking about the tabernacle specifically, have been high days indeed. Listen to this. This is what I am believing for us. Never has heaven's gate stood wider, and never are hearts been near to the central glory. Well, my belief is, and this is my own, that I'm just praying this over myself, is that I enter into these 21 days, I am praying that heaven's gate is open wider in my life than ever before. That when I petition the throne room, I have open access into his presence. I'm going to be believing that in fasting, through fasting, as I feast on God and as I feast on his word, that I become nearer to the central glory of Christ, nearer than I ever have before. And I, I would just encourage you to take this into your heart and into your times of, of fasting over the next 21 days to say, man, I am believing that I'm going to be closer to God than ever before. I'm going to be believing that heaven's going to stand open. And when I petition and when I go after him, man, I am going to receive and see things that I've never experienced and never seen before because I am seeking first him. Yeah, yeah. As we just kind of wrap up our time here today, I know... Some of you are a little bit, I can just see it on your faces, just reeling a little bit in your head like, man, I don't even know if I'm going to. Can, can I invite you into something? If this is a new space for you, nobody's saying for 21 days you should go without food. Can, can, I, can I just declare that right now? That's not at all what we're saying. But what we are saying is for you to take a pause in your life and as you prepare for this year and say, what? What can I set aside or what am I going to intentionally set aside in my life so that I can take more time, a few extra minutes in my day and my week to get to know God a little bit better? What, what am I going to be intentional about in my life? And can I tell you right now, fasting is not something that you do haphazardly. If you approach fasting haphazardly, you'll fail miserably. It'll be something that only in your life will just make you feel really bad about yourself, feel like you just can't do things. Like it, it, it'll, it'll turn into this quote-unquote spiritual discipline that actually makes you drift farther away from God if you approach it with the wrong intent in your heart. The intent in your heart through fasting is not to prove yourself to God. Everybody with me this morning? You're not trying to prove to God how tough you are. You're not trying to prove to God how disciplined you are. What you're doing is you're intentionally, what Jason said, you're setting aside some things in your life so that you can feast more on him. And for some of you, that may be coffee. Maybe coffee's the thing you're just like, man, I can't live without it. Can I just tell you, you can. The first few days are going to suck really bad. But can I tell you, if you would take the few minutes that you spend every day enjoying a cup of coffee and enjoy, feast on the Word of God for a few minutes, I promise you, your day will go better than it does with a cup of coffee. Now, some of you, that, that, that may be marginal because some of you need to have your coffee, I'm just saying. But what I want you to do is not get into legalist, legalistic religious activity. What we want to do is invite you into a place of engaging with Jesus at a different level in your life. 
And here's what I promise you. You will not find anything different in your relationship with Christ this upcoming year if you continue to just do the same things that you've done in the years in the past. Lean into something new in your life that will cause you to draw closer to Him. And here's the power of of the Word of God. Here's what God's promised to you. If you will draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. So in other words, in these seasons of fasting where we are intentionally drawing near to Him, here's the promise of God. He won't leave you hanging. He will draw near to you. So I want to give you three practical things that we just close our time here together. Because again, some of you are just wrestling through this, this fasting thing in your mind. I'm not telling you, you even have to do it for all 21 days. But what I am saying is, is make a decision of your heart of how you're going to pursue God and give him the best of the beginning of your year. And I promise it will pay off for you in the following year of your life. But here's some things I want to give you that will help you. Three things that will help you find success. And, and most of you are sitting there with your arms crossed and just staring at the screen. I'm really asking you right now to grab a pen or your phone or something or write these things down. These three things, they're simple, but they will help you in your journey of faith. Uh, um, I'm going to be a little bit strong right now. Don't be just a hearer of a message this morning. Be a doer of something that will cause you to grow in your relationship with Christ. Too many of us come and consume at a church service and never take and apply in our life. Listen to me. You're better than that. You're, be- you're better than that. And God has better for you than that. So I want to give you three things that are going to help you as you begin to contemplate what this looks like for you to prepare for 21 days of prayer and fasting. The first one, just make a plan. Decide. Just say, hey, for 21 days, I'm going to take my lunch And instead of having lunch, I'm going to take that 30 minutes and I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to grow in my relationship with God. That is a wonderful decision for you when it comes to prayer and fasting. For others of you, it may be, I am completely shutting off the media component of my life. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to get on the social media platforms of my life. I'm making a decision for 21 days that the time that I would have spent doing that, I'm going to let my heart pursue God in a greater way. For others of you, you've, you've been fasting for years. I'm looking around the room here, and there's many of you that I have fasted with for well over 20 years of my life. And there's some of you that maybe this has just become routine or whatever for you. And God's actually going to invite you into a different place of fasting this year that may not be as extreme as some things that you've done in the past, but will draw you closer to Him because it's going to cost you more. And I want you to hear that from me this morning. Whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, lean into that place of fasting. So number one, make a plan. And there are great resources for you. I'm just telling you right now, on Church Center, on our website, there are great resources for you because I know we can't pack into this message of 25 minutes today everything that it is to fast. But there's some great resources for you to go out that you can read through and it'll give you a better understanding of what it looks like to set aside seasons of fasting types of fasting that you can do, both in the food space and the social media space and the media inputs into your, there's all kinds of great resources for you. Go this afternoon, take a little time and read through. There's wonderful books that if you want to maybe wade into the waters of fasting, because this is something you've never done much before, there's some really good books that we have resourced for you that you can go out and read that will open up your eyes to this reality of fasting and how it can impact you. The second thing for you is to share your plan with somebody. Oh, Tim, now you're meddling with my life. Yes, I am. Here's one thing I can guarantee you about fasting. 
If you keep your fasting a secret to yourself, I promise you, you will not fulfill what the promise that you made in your fast. It's just too easy to give yourself an out. One of the most wonderful things that we have in the body of Christ, and we are the body of Christ. So in other words, what David does in this fast influences my life. I'm not trying to put pressure on David. I'm just telling you, listen, you are connected to the people that you are around right now. Whether you like it or not, we are the body of Christ. That's how Jesus made us. So your fast, whatever decision you make, is impacting the people that are around you in your life. And I promise you, if you choose some food fast, um, it's really going to impact the people that are around you because your, your attitude is going to plummet for a little bit, okay? And that's part of the character growth that God does in our life. But what I'm telling you is, is get an accountability with some people around you that you love and trust. This is not a competition of, hey, Jason, I'm fasting this. What are you fasting? That, that is not what we're talking about. This is a, hey, Jason... I need your help in this fast. Here's what I'm going to fast. I'm asking you to walk with me in that journey and to help me keep my focus. Listen, on what we sang about this this morning, turn your eyes on Jesus. If you're going to try and fast in your own strength and ability, I promise, I told you this before, it's going to be a really miserable journey for you. But if you'll turn your eyes to Jesus and if you'll walk with other people who are doing the same, Jason and I will not have an identical fast. Our fast will look different. But we can walk with each other in our fast and support one another in it, knowing that we are the body of Christ and we supply strength to each other as we take this journey. When I'm struggling, Jason will be able to look at me and say, Tim, you got this. Come on, you, you can do this. Stick with it. Don't give up, okay? And we need that with one another. It is not a, Jason, are you sticking with your life? I'm not his dad. I'm not even God in his life ever. I don't want that job. But what I do want is I want to be a support to him and a strength to him in this journey, right? So number one is make a plan. Number two is share that plan with somebody. And number three is, listen to me, this is the biggest one. Don't quit. Don't quit. You are going to enter into this fast, and you're going to have moment after moment after moment after moment of opportunity to say, I don't care what Tim and Jason said. I'm not doing this anymore. You will have that opportunity, I promise. In fact, in your fast, you will actually be mad at Jason and I for even talking to you about this. I promise it'll come to you in your life. Some of you are like, yeah, we experience that every week. All right, let's, let's move on. Uh, but I am telling you, you're going you're gonna to experience some moments in your fast that will test your faith. That's why we fast. And I'm encouraging you, don't quit. Don't give up. There'll be moments even maybe where you compromise part of your fast and you feel really disappointed in yourself. Can I tell you right now, God is not disappointed in you. What he's inviting you to do is to receive his grace and to lean back in. I can't tell you how many times... I have fasted in my life, and in the middle of a fast, I did something that, that compromised my fast, not even knowingly sometimes. Most of the time, it was probably knowing. <laughs> but not even knowingly sometimes. And in the moment, then I felt so horrible and bad, and I felt the grace of God rush to me in that moment. And, and it was not about the religious legalism of following through. It was about how, what was my heart response to God in that moment of failure. What was my heart response to him? What did I allow him to bring into? And some of those were the greatest experiences of my fast was when I received the grace of God in a moment where I didn't deserve it because I didn't even fulfill what I said I was going to do. Can I tell you, that those are some of the most beautiful moments of fasting. So we want to encourage you, make a plan, 
share that plan with somebody, and then follow through. Don't quit on this thing that you're going to, and, and I, I just want to speak this to our teenagers. I know half of you are asleep because I can see it on your face. Um, teenagers, you are not excluded from fasting. I began fasting when I was your age, and it changed my life. And I'm not saying you have to go and do these food fasts, but what I am saying is, teens, you should really sit down before God. Students, you should sit down before God, and in conversation with your parents, decide what a fast is going to look like for you over these next 21 days. Do not miss what God has for you because you are saying, well, I'm just a teenager, or I'm just young, or I'm just this, or I'm just that. That's for old people to do. You, you want to experience the greatest growth of your life, begin it now as a teenager. Parents, don't set expectations for your children that they're just too young to experience God in their life through fasting and prayer. We take our family through fasting and prayer. We teach them what it is to sacrifice some things in pursuit of God in areas. We ask them very intentional questions on what are you choosing to fast in this season? And it has grown and enriched their life with Christ because of a decision that we make together as a family. Is it difficult? And I, I, I just, before Jason gets us into our discussion, is this a challenge? Yes, it is. Is it hard? Yes, it is. And that's the beauty of these moments is that it will require something new of you in your life that will actually cause you to take steps forward in your faith that you can't have any other way. That's why Jesus said, when you fast, because it brings something to your spiritual walk that you can't get any other way in your life. And so I want to invite you to have some conversations with Jesus about this, to figure out what that's going to look like in your life, to set that plan into place, to have great conversations with the people that are around you in your life, and then stick with what God has for us. Because here's what I know. The fasting that we are about ready to enter into for the next 21 days will actually set the course of what God can and will do in our lives in the next 300 and some days of this year that's ahead of us. The fast that's taking place in your life right now is not for you today. It's for you tomorrow. It's a storing up and a preparation for what God wants to do in your life, a grace that needs to be in your life in the days that are down the road, a, a courage and a boldness and a strength for you to be able to down the road go, man, if I could endure 21 days of fasting, I can handle going and sharing the gospel with my neighbor. If I can endure 21 days of fasting, I can endure whatever 2021 throws at us in comparison to what we experienced in 2020. Listen to me. Hardship, doing hard things is what prepares you to do hard things. And we need it in our life, church. And that's why Jesus invites us into this space. So, Jason, we're going to jump into our groups now. Yeah, so real simply for, for group discussion today, here's, here's what we're going to do. is There's going to be a few questions up here. And I want you to be talking about and thinking about what is your fasting plan, right? So we talked about a, a bunch of different ideas and things around fasting, right? Food fast, social media fast, um, wh whatever it happens to be. Um, and so I want you to just jot down and share it in the group. What is uh, your fasting plan? And then who are you going to share that with? Actually think about somebody. Maybe it is somebody in your group. Maybe not. Maybe it's somebody else. But I want you to be thinking about who's somebody that you can really connect with in this. And then... This is another one that, that I think would be a really good thing to think about, and we didn't get to teach on it a whole lot today, but um, like Tim was saying, uh, 21 days is going to set up the rest of the year for us, 
And so what happens in these 21 days is going to be just a launching point. And one question I would ask you is, as we go into these 21 days and also the rest of the year, what is an attribute of God that you really want to focus on this year and experience more than you ever have before? Maybe it's the grace of God. Maybe it's the love of God, the kindness of God, whatever it is. Maybe you don't know, and God wants to reveal it to you during the fast, right? But what are those things you really want to focus on? And then the final one, maybe there's some things that you're actually looking for God to do this year. You need some breakthrough in some areas. What are some of those things that you're looking for him to do this year? And those are going to be kind of the conversations. The last thing we're going to do is we're going to hand out a prayer card, the ones that we're going to use at the prayer meetings on Saturday night. And we'd encourage you, if you have something specific that you'd like us to start praying for right away, fill that card out so that we can take those, pray for them over Saturday and throughout the week. Our staff prays for them on Mondays at our staff meetings throughout the fast. So um, do that. If you're online, thank you so much for joining us. These questions you can take and process through on your own, even right now, I'd say before you do anything else, pause and just write down some of these things and what God's uh, stirring in your heart for them. And we love you and uh, online and hope that you have a great day. Take care. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.